0: Hi everyone, this is Gregory Proctor, innovator, entrepreneur, and podcaster, and of course the host of Cut to the Chase. For the very first time, we're going to allow for someone else to interview me. I'd like to thank the ladies from Control of podcasts. And now you're listening to Cut to the Chase. stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast.
1: to another episode of Control Alt Hamza. I'm your host, Tara, and I've got my co-host here, Merv. Hi, Merv. Hey, T. How are you? What's up, everybody? And thanks for tuning in. And we have a special guest today. We have Gregory Proctor. He is a prior veteran, entrepreneur, innovator, and podcast founder of Cut to the Chase. <laughs> Cut to the Chase is an incredible podcast because it helps other people Overcome challenges by creating opportunities that add value to their lives. So, welcome Gregory. We're so excited to have you here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, Tara. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, delighted to be on your program. Very excited to explore this opportunity with the two of you, particularly you and Merv. Uh, obviously, we've I've had Merv on my program before, and I know how enlightening it was. And uh, you know, sooner sooner than later, we'll be having you on our program and. Uh, you know, it's just a joy. It's an honor to, you know, not only receive, but be able to give back. And, and really for me, you know, being a recipient agent, you know, being an agent of not only light enlightening wisdom, you know, and, and enamoring, you know, good vibes, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a thing that we all have to do, you know, just can't be one sided, or as, as people say, one size fits all got to be agile, got to be flexible. And I'm looking forward to Diving into whatever questions you guys have to ask.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're excited. <laughs> yes, and thank you, thank you for being here, Gregory. Yes, Gregory and I touched base. I believe it was it was COVID times last yeah. year. That's right. And uh, my God, I've I've grown so much since then, and I'm sure you have too. Mm-hmm. But um, just listening to my podcast on uh, to my episode on your podcast, and, and what attracted me to your podcast is actually the name itself. Cut uh, to the chase, yeah. like just very self-explanatory. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to, you know, cut to the chase and get straight to what it, what it is that I do and speak about my experience um, in life and my transformation and hidden rock bottom and all of that. So I remember you and I having a discussion about that and you did share with me a little bit about the fact that you also went through hidden rock bottom. And then you just had to go through survival mode and, and then you, you know, came across like owning businesses and then started your Cut to the Chase podcast. And I think it was pre-COVID and it just kind of exploded from there. Um, So I'd love, uh, I'd love for you to tell us a brief, um, you know, brief summarization or story of, of you on how you were, you know, businessman, entrepreneur before. Hidden rock bottom, and just kind of like, what got you out of that mental, um, mental state? Because the three of us in our audience here um, know what hidden rock bottom is. It's when, when that's it, you almost give up on life, and you feel like I can't, I can't do life anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm stuck. So, what went through your mind? Um, maybe talk a little bit about the the sudden crisis that you basically went through. Sure. <laughs>
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, You know, at at least from the standpoint of just trying to take the audience as well as uh, you and Tara back to that period of time in my life, you know, for about 10 years between the year of 2003 to probably 2012, maybe 2013, you know, I was on you know, probably better than, than any type of drug that you could actually buy on the market, whether it be synthetic or whatever the case may be, was just this natural attenuation of high because business was good. And as business, as long as business was good, you know, people tend to get outside of your comfort zone. And uh, for me, I was taking on a lot of business. We were growing at a very accelerated pace. We were traveling all over the world and doing great things on these multi-million, multi-billion dollar projects. And, you know, when my mom called me in 2012 and basically said, "Hey, you need to come home," you know, it was like uh, being punched in the chest and slapped in the face all at the same time because you knew that that's a call that was very sincere it was very heartfelt and you knew something was terribly wrong. And in that particular case, for me, it was, it was my dad, you know, my dad who, uh, who had been kind of uh, an individual in my life that always really focused on, you know, good ethics, good morals, good values and principles and Christianity and so forth and so on. And those things, you know, really just kind of bubbled up to the surface with me because, as most people have heard me talk about in some of the earlier episodes of our own podcast, Cut to the Chase, is that I carried a little bit of resentment because, you know, even as an adult, I wasn't completely healed from the fact that my father wasn't there, you know, at a at a younger age, like I wanted him to be. And I'm not gonna say that my dad was not a great person. He didn't provide, you know, the things that were were wholesome to for a kid to survive, but it was the essentials of what I thought like. Hey, I want my dad to show up to my track meet. I want my dad to show up to the football game. I want my dad to be in the stands cheering for me, you know. And and those things really hurt me to a point to where I had to ask for forgiveness. And I knew going back in 2012 to be alongside of his bedside as he was passing away was going to be very difficult for me. And so at that moment in time, it it became very tumultuous that you know I had to look internally and figure out what I needed to do to deal with that situation. I had to ask for forgiveness, not only from the good power above, but I also had to talk to my dad, you know, on on a level that we had never really connected before. And, you know, when I did that soul searching with him, along with all of the people that came into his hotel room and his hospice room over over the course of one month, it helped me realize the relevance of individuals. Just because one person thinks of a certain attribute of an individual as if maybe, Hey, they don't care. Maybe they're not showing that type of sincerity or, or they're engaged with you. Doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love you. They won't die for you. They won't show you that unconditional respect and devotion that you need in life. And when my dad grabbed me and he told me before passing, he looked at me very, very deeply into my eyes. He said, son, you know, you've gone off, you've been successful in the military, you're a successful businessman, you know, before I die, I want to let you know how proud I am. And, you know, that that really touched me. That touched me beyond comprehension. It shook me to the core. It left me in a persona of realizing that all of these great things I've been trying to do throughout my life to sacrifice and be better and be better than what my past was, you know, it really wasn't worth the money or the materialistic aspects of the things and the value that was placed on those, because what was really worth the value to me was the aspect of my dad saying those words to me at that moment in time. And when that all occurred, believe it or not, shortly after his passing, Everything spiraled. I mean, everything just spiraled out of control. I mean, it went from, you know, this this natural attenuation of high with everything going well to everything kind of crumbling around me. And, uh, you know, I ended up basically shutting down the business. I ended up uh, leaving the country and, and, and moving away and living in Peru for like three years. Um, I found myself in a situation where I was going through. My second divorce uh, with with my wife, and I had two beautiful daughters back then. Which, of course, they were young, and they didn't understand all the things that were going on, which was very tumultuous for them. You know, someone that they looked up to, their father, and 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 all of this that was happening, and so it just became, you know, like trying to carry, you know, uh, a, a bag of cement. You know, this burden of, of of trying to realize, you know, how to get on the other side of it. And I'll so, stop right here. Looks, like,
1: looks like. Yeah. Child. So I I want to stop you right there before you <laughs> sure. go to your next point, because, you know, I want to say thank you for sharing that story about your dad and his passing It gave me goosebumps. Like I just mm-hmm. I felt it. Um, and I know exactly what it's like when your father tells you, I am so proud of you because I as well have never heard my dad say that to me. He's texted to me once. Just once, and I was like, "Oh my God, my dad's proud of me, mm-hmm. and that's like a big thing, you know um the other thing that I wanted to say is when when your father passed, what made everything spiral out of control? Was it because you just emotionally couldn't handle it, or what was it about you spiraling out of control? like why did you decide to sell your business what was was it your was your father? The reason, were you at the effect of your father, or was it at the effect of something else? Well, let, let's think about
0: this. I mean, when you look at it from the context of, you know, when I, when I said earlier that it was kind of hard for me to, you know, somewhat recognize myself because of all the success and fortune and fame that I had, is the fact that you get away from who you are when you start to get into the tranche of as people say, more money, more power, more, more wealth, more fame. And in a lot of cases, people can handle those situations and they 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 foster and they flourish. And then in some situations, people can't because, you know, they tend to live outside of the bounds of their means. And for me, it was very simplistic. And, and I just want to kind of curtail this a little bit and just explain. I was no longer going to church, which I had gotten away from my faith. My current wife at the time and I were were living in a very, you know, kind of talk, toxic, narcissistic type of environment around, you know, our, our two beautiful daughters. I literally hated being what I consider to be a fireman to all of my customers and clients because the phone never stopped ringing. I was on, you know, I was constantly, you know, traveling all the time. I was constantly receiving, Greg, can you be in New York today? Can you be in uh England tomorrow? Can you be in California, you know, on, on Saturday? And it was just, it was just too much. So I was carrying all of this burden. And I knew that I was carrying this burden because of the simple fact that so many people relied on me, not only people that worked for me, but also the people that were embodying and embracing the benefits off of the business, which was like my family. And I knew that if I was unable to keep this all together that even internally, my family was going to start to hate me. My friends were going to hate me. My customers and clients were going to hate me. And I got to that point. To How do you know I really, that? Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get to that, right? I'm about to get to that point. So, so for me, what ended up transpiring was when I stepped away for one month, I said, guys, look, my dad's passing away. I really got to stay focused on what's going on here to help my mom out. She's looking for me to be that rock, that stable person to just support all of the ins and outs and 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 close out of, of uh, you know of of his, of his estate, you know, with with things that were happening, and so I, in stepping away from a month, what I realized is people that you say are loyal friends, people that are your confidants, people that you find, they begin to go. Well, that MF, since he ain't available, you know, I want to I want to basically, you know, talk to somebody else or, you know, maybe if uh, if they can't be responsive, then, you know, so forth and so on and we'll, we'll just go somewhere else. So I started to hear these things. OK. And so the reluctancy for me was I was saying to myself at the time, you know, is this really, you know, permissible for this to be happening for, for me because of all the great things I've done for other companies where I've made them a lot of money. I've, I've, I've helped them flourish. I helped them grow for them to be in a situation or circumstance where it ended up where these types of things were coming back to me. Contracts were being lost, you know, things were starting to happen. A lot of my guys were like, "Hey, Greg, uh, you know, I, I think I want to go and work for somebody else. And uh, there was really nothing I could do. I mean, it was just, it was out of my control. I mean, you know, I realized that these things were were happening and I was doing the best that I could. But inside, I was still emotionally dealing with the fact that I'm carrying all of this burden. I'm carrying all this weight. You know, it's like a house stacked on uh, a deck of cards. And, uh, you know, you just need that little flick of the thumb to kind of push things off. And then that whole deck of cards is going to come crumbling down. And literally, that's kind of what happened. I mean, it was like, through all the processes, procedures and everything that we had did, Everything started to dissipate and it started to dissipate at a very accelerated rate. And so for me, after my father passed away, I was saying to myself, I have got to get away from this environment. I've got to get away from the situation. I need to heal myself. I need to 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 really do some soul searching and figure out how I can move myself forward. And literally when uh, a close confidant, uh, someone that was a mentor to me, someone that had worked for me for many, many years, we've got a long lasting 20 year relationship. He said, Greg, there's a project in Vancouver. Can you come up and talk to these guys? So I go to Vancouver, you know, unbeknownst to me that here it is, I'm in Vancouver thinking I'm going to be working in Vancouver for a period of time and everything gets circumvented. And I end up in Lima, Peru, working on a project. And it was kind of just one of those uh, breath of fresh air. I go to a country, nobody knows me. I go to an office where no one knows anything except I'm the boss, you know, and I can focus in on not only healing myself, but stay focused in on the challenges and and the consequences of the project at hand to help them get out of trouble without all of this external stuff that was going on that I needed to deal with personally. And it took some time, you know, it really took some time. A lot of people go, well, you know, why did you leave? You know, it's kind of like almost like an abandonment or so forth and so on. When you're sitting on the edge of a cliff, and you know you don't have a parachute, and you know that you're going to run off that cliff, despite there may be water, that water may only be two feet deep, and let's just say that cliff dive is 30 feet, you're going to kill yourself. I was sitting on that edge of that cliff just at that moment going, you know what, something has got to go positive because I can't take any more negative and a lot of things that happen when you're when you're dealing with that you either say to yourself am i prepared to die or am i prepared to raise myself up and lift myself back to where i need to be but only better and so as a part of what i started to focus in on was my faith loving myself my energy towards my family things that i was unhappy with you know in my past life that i needed to change in my future life and it all started with the unconditional love of having people around me that were genuine, because in a lot of cases, if I wasn't paying for lunch, or if I wasn't, you know, buying somebody a plane ticket or doing this or doing that, it was like, well, you know what, you're not going to pay for it, so I, you know, I don't want to be around you. Well, it was like, yeah, maybe back then I was making seven figures or eight figures, but it doesn't serve anyone the right to continue to try to use me in a situation that I found was very, very unethical. And, uh, you know, I struggle with a lot of those things, you know, and, and it was a it was a huge, huge life learning lesson. There was a lot of growth that I had to go through. And believe it or not, you know, Peru was the best place for me, you know, and uh, it helped me get back to who I am today.
1: I love that. I love that. Because you basically said, I have a choice. It's either I sink or- or i rise to the top and you chose to rise to the top most people would choose to sink yeah. consciously
0: yeah yeah well you know in in the, in the consequences of rising to the top you know a lot of people go well you know it 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 sounds easier you know hearing it from me than it than it actually is and you know i'll give you some specifics you know my my kids at the time because of what was going on between my ex and I as we were going through this very, you know, augurous divorce, you know, my kids hated me. And that tore me to the core as well. Because I'm saying only thing I've tried to do was was love you and 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 put you in the best possible light, even if it even if it costs me, you know, the sacrifice of time of being away, which I had vouched for many, many years. To try not to be away, but based on the growth of the company and everything else that happened, I could make the dance recitals, I could make the swim meets, and so forth and so on. But you know, they had this what I would consider to be lavish life, you know, and and you know, you can't have both sides of that when someone's not bringing in you know the type of revenue that is needed to to sustain that type of lifestyle. And I realized, you know, also back then that you know, trying to keep up the Joneses and live like an individual was not the way that I was raised, you know, because, um, you know, my family is is very modest, you know, very wholesome, you know, very, very giving, very hospitable. And, uh, you know, all of these things, like I said, going through those 10 years or 11 years, it stripped me away from who I am as an individual. And I knew that the number one thing for me was to get back to that point. You know, I lost everything. I literally lost everything. I'm talking about you know, family, cars, house, wife, I mean, you know, you name it, you know, the worst possible situation that can happen. I went through that. And a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, what do you mean you went through that? You know, I went through it in such a way that it left me with nothing more than a clothes on my back. And, and that was it because, uh, you know, when everything was lost, it was lost in such a way that it just kept this bitter taste in people's mouths. And even to this day, for those that know me in the past, I always tell them, look, I'm a totally different person. You know, you can accept me for who I am today, if you want to have a relationship. But if you don't, then let's just move on. Because really, I don't care or desire to go back to that part of my life, where people call me, you know, an asshole, you know, they call me, you know, this guy is such a, such an arrogant, you know, uh, whatever, you know, and and, and and all of those things just really resonated, you know, it's, it's, it's like you hear these things so much that, you know, you're already faced in a situation or a circumstance very much like me. I was a minority. I was prior military. My wife was Irish and Italian. We had mixed kids. We lived in a multicultural, uh, you know, type of uh, uh, neighborhood. I mean, you know, all of these different dynamics, I worked for a lot of EPC, Fortune 500 companies that were predominantly owned by white power baby boomer males that kind of looked at the fact that, what do you mean this guy's going to help us? I mean, I dealt with all of that SHIT, all of that, and people just say, you know, well, great, you know, it was all for a reason, and you're right, it was all for a reason, it was for the reason of the betterment of who I am today, to stand proud of who I am, to commit to who I am, to be able to show and talk about things like this in unity and in togetherness of being able to show that there is a wholesome way for us to move forward in life and get away from all of these cultural biases that are out there and allow for us to really flourish and innovate and kind of lift each other up in prosperity and in health globally. I mean, you know, that's just really what it's all about.
2: I would, I would literally give you the mic to drop it right now. I'd be like, grab <laughs> that mic. <laughs> that is amazing, amazing. Oh my god, you definitely set the bar very, very high. I mean, Tara and I lived in different countries as well, and uh, we did hit rock bottom, but nothing remotely close to what you're what you've been through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, respect for you, and thank you so much for sharing all of that and sure, and yeah. also i would probably i'm i'm probably going to put you on the spot right now because gregory did share for those that are listening he did share um a little bit of um uh you know a little bit of bad news i guess we can say earlier before we started recording today and just the fact that you've been through hell and back through it all like you were just saying um how are you going to take this news that you just found out about two days ago, I think, or like just just recently, something that is related to your health. And this is kind right. of bad news for you, like you said earlier. So how are you going to take everything that you've been through, been through it all, and this is something new now, and it's up to you if you want to share it, of course. But how are you going to take what's happening to you health-wise and, you know, get out of it or or kind of like mentally prepare yourself for it?
0: Well, the
1: importance of, of
0: of everything that you do in life is you realize whether or not you're conditioned for the circumstances that you're dealt. And I have to give it to my father and mother and and what they did is bringing me up as a child. You know, because back when I grew up in the '70s, as most people would say your conditioning or are you built for this started right at the dinner table. It started right at home. It started with, you will get up in the morning and make your bed. You will help wash the dishes. You will cut the grass. You will, you will have these responsibilities that provide the core essence of how you are to act, breathe, walk, sleep, and, and carry yourself in society. You know, And for me, growing up in a town where they had, um, you know, kind of a Confederate type of monument that no one in the black community really favored, but this statue sits in the middle heart central of, of town was always the disgrace, you know, to have to go by this thing on my bike as a kid. And so the things that became very important Something that my brother always shares with me and it's something that my dad has always talked about is your individual persona, who you are as an individual. And the old cliche kind of goes like this. You carry the proctor's name. You don't leave the house looking like somebody that just fell off the back of a turnip truck. You respect your elders. You say, yes, sir. You say, yes, ma'am. You are an hospitable individual. You carry yourself with moral pride and ethics and values and integrity that are above and beyond what the norm is. And to really kind of summarize this, you know, in, in the aspect of how I'm gonna deal with this bad news, and I know people are going, well, what is the bad news? Is really ask myself the same question I've asked myself even when I was facing bad times before. Is am I built for this? Because if you're not built for it, then guess what? You've given up already. You've already said to the person in the mirror that I don't want to do this anymore. I give up. And so for me, I ask myself that question. Am I built for this? Am I built for the journey that the good Lord above has bestowed upon me to get over this medical crisis? And the answer is yes. Because as I've said earlier, I still have millions of lives to touch. I still have so many people that are calling me and out of respect, genuinely saying, you know, we enjoy your podcast. We 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 admire what you're doing in the body of work and how you're enlightening and nourishing people's souls. And guess what? That gives me the motivation and the opportunity just to continue, you know, and it goes above and beyond the podcast, even in my management consultancy business, you know, we are working on various. Opportunities not only here domestically but abroad. And even in my virtual environment that I'm sitting in today, you know, true spot being something that is so revolutionary, something that is unprecedented and unbeknownst to what people think it is, is gonna really revolutionize the fan engagement experience worldwide. And a lot of people are going, oh my God, you know, well, what is that? And so I'm gonna take these things kind of in in a one, two, three punch. So, you know, what's really going on with me? Well. You know, I hurt my back and, uh, you know, it's been bothering me for a while. And a lot of people, well, how'd you hurt your back? Well, uh, the injury was probably something that people will laugh about, you know, not to add humor to this, but it really is kind of funny. Prolonged sitting, you know, prolonged sitting uh, is how this all started. And uh, as I went in for, you know, all the different consultations and all the different variations of things that have happened, uh, it looks like they found. You know something that has been identified as a tumor, and we don't know if it's cancerous or not at this point in time. But obviously, it's left, you know, me and my family in a in a huge pinch of concern and worry, and uh, obviously wanting to get to a point to where we can, you know, find relief and get answers. And uh, you know, I hope that for those that are listening out there and that continue to follow me and 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 listen to some of the things that I'm doing out there, particularly as it relates to our podcast, they'll continue to send their prayers. And thoughtfulness. And uh, you know, I, I'll I'll say now before those prayers and thoughtfulness are sent, I certainly appreciate it. And to kind of fast forward this a little bit, you know, my management consultancy firm, you know, since COVID hit, we basically ended up going remote. And then of course, now that a lot of these major projects are not happening quite as often as they normally would, you know, we've kind of been literally in a hiatus, and it's been, you know, kind of one of those things that's really kind of like you know sucking air through a straw you know with no liquid you know and uh, <laughs> and then of course you know as 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 people go well you know what is true spot true spot true spot is an entertainment and sports tech immersive virtual seating application and a lot of people go what huh is is that like star trek is that like beam me up scotty well no what it is in layman's term is basically we have developed an application that allows for you to have a real time experience in any concert, any venue, any type of uh, large capacity event from the comfort of your home. And what I mean by that is basically a butt in seat. You physically buy a ticket instead of taking the plane ride or instead of hopping in your car and going to the concert, we give you that in-person experience virtually from the comforts of your home. And a lot of people will go, well, I can get that on television. Well, no, you can't. You can't get 360 degree immersive experience. You can't get by way of uh, uh, directional communication. You can't get the beer and the popcorn delivered to your house. You can't get all of these other great features that we built into the technology that allows for you to basically go, oh, my God, this is so great. I never want to actually attend a live event again. Well, really, that's what we've done. I mean, we've been working on this for three years now, and we actually started developing this well before COVID even happened. And we've got a lot of traction thus far, you know, with the, uh, with the overall application. We're talking with people worldwide that are very interested in buying and participating and, you know, buying licensing, you know, from us. And we're pretty excited, you know. I mean, it's... Uh, that's
1: it's amazing. Something
0: that, it's something that... Uh, thank you is something that as we uh, as we continue to move forward we're getting a lot of recognition and a lot of press not only here domestically but abroad but uh, but certainly there's a lot of interest since when you look at the stats the stats before covid was there was only about 45 or 50% of the people doing things virtually well now those numbers are 80% and of course this goes beyond what i would consider to be a zoom call or or microsoft teams or intel trueview is because think of it this way Tara's in California, Merv, you're in New York or New Jersey, and I'm in San Antonio. But if we all wanted to go to the concert together and sit in the same row, well, guess what? We could buy those seats and we would be communicating and talking as if we were physically there. And- That's so cool.
2: As long as you do- deliver popcorn with that,
0: I'm sold. Uh, popcorn comes right to your house. <laughs> <laughs> what you're,
2: you're 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 just um yeah you got so much going on. This sounds like a beautiful, beautiful, uh company and uh, opportunity to to experience. I'm sure Tara and I would love to experience that at some Absolutely. point. Be Absolutely, be one of those testers if any. <laughs>
1: hey, so but, I wanted to go back because you you were deep within your story and then you jumped into True Spot, and then now I want to take it back a little bit because something that sure. really jumped out at me was the way that you were brought up with morals, values, ethics, um, and that you were so conditioned and programmed to be a certain specific way. Mm -hmm. And it formed your identity that you lost your identity throughout the way. And then you finally went back to, actually, what are my morals and values? Because a lot of the times you, you brought up that people were using you and, they just wanted your money and, and wanted. So those people, I like to call them opportunistic people, right? Mm-hmm. If they see, if they see a way that you can add value to their lives and they don't really care to add value to their to your life, um, Merv and I have come across a lot of those people, especially living in the Middle East. They're everywhere, right? Because people only care about what you have. And I wanted to say, I truly appreciate you sharing that story with us. Um Because growing up, I grew up with morals, values, and ethics. And I know Merv did as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And nowadays, you don't find that. You don't find that at all. Like, if I'm in the subway, and I'm riding the subway, and the seats are all filled up, and there's an elderly woman or man, you know, Mm -hmm. standing, I'm going to get up and let them sit in my spot. Most people our age or younger wouldn't do that. Right. And it's there is no right or wrong way, but there is a responsibility as a human being to care for others. And I feel that that people don't have that nowadays. And I really wanted to hone in back on that because I feel that a lot of people in the U S culturally, and it really depends as well. I've noticed this on the West coast versus the East coast and the Midwest, you know, that doesn't. That no longer exists. That cultural background no longer exists. Of yeah. having those morals, those values, and those ethics.
0: Well, I I, I would hate to say that uh, you know having this discussion with me is kind of like opening up Pandora's box because you
2: know, <laughs> I uh, yeah no, I'll I'll, I'll touch you back there so we don't go into Pandora's box. <laughs> I would say I would say this so so let's talk about takeaways for our audience to take from your experience and what Tara just said earlier and just give them give them some kind of takeaways on how how to really deal with a lot of like um downfalls or crises or when when you're sitting on that edge and you're about to give up like what, what yeah, are some like takeaways? three quick takeaways like, yeah because we all share the same thing like faith um you know manners whatever Tara was mentioning earlier so what are your takeaways for the audience that are listening today on how to still be smiling every day, like you are right now, even though you just found out, you know, bad news two days ago? How do you how do you sit and smile and know that it's going to be okay? What are three takeaways we can give?
0: Well, I I, I think the first takeaway is you have to consider the individual that you are as you've been placed on God's green earth, that you've served a purpose. You served a purpose on the fact that, you know, there are people in your lives that love you. There are people around you that respect you and and they have trust and integrity in you. And if you are a moral and ethical individual, then you have to give the good fight. You know, regardless of what's going on, life is not something that You know, we're all born into with a silver spoon or live like the Kennedys and we get passed down generations of wealth. You know, over 85, 90 percent of the population really has to get out there and, as we talked about, show up and work for, you know, what they achieve in life. And so, you know, I think that would be the first thing that you have to consider is is the ask. The ask is something that starts internally. And people go, well, when you say internally, what does that mean? You need to get up in the morning, and as you're brushing your teeth and watching your face, as simple as that may be, and you need to look at that reflection in the mirror, and you need to ask yourself, just, just like I said earlier, are you built for this? Are you ready for what is to be bestowed upon you? And if the answer is yes, then plug in. Plug in the life plug into life and begin to do what you have to do in order to move yourself forward and not look at all of those things that are going on that are trying to weigh you down. And I guess the the next two things that I really want to focus in on is, and I'm going to go to Tara's question on, on number two, and I'll be brief about this because there's so many external influences that go on in life right now. I mean, you've got you've got the like families, you've got the comment families, you've got the haters, you've got the hang arounders, you've got all these different variations of things. And I'm talking about social media. And there's so much of a wide diversity of what you can accept and receive as an individual that is digestible, what you shouldn't believe, what you should believe. And let's face it, if you want to get back to the core, you want to get back to those values, you want to get back to those things, it's got to start, as I said, with my family, at the dinner table you know how do you set your family up for success how do you know that they're going to be there as your right hand or your left hand when you need them the most how do you know that they are there to love you unconditionally the way that you would want them to love you unconditionally if you don't have those intimate discussions i mean everybody's family's going to go through trials and tribulations you're going to go through ups and downs you're going to go through heartaches. But you've got to know that these people that are in your lives are in your lives for the right purposeful aspect. And if they're not, you know, just like I said to myself, I got to let them go. And you need to let them go a lot sooner than trying to hold on to something that's just going to gag you for the rest of your life because you're trying to keep something in place that is really false. You know what I mean? And then the last thing. I mean we all have you know our our individual faith. We all have our you know uh you know premises or notions of of who we believe in the higher, higher power. You know, a lot of times people don't take that seriously enough. And you know, for me when I got away I'd stop you know kind of praying and and asking for you know forgiveness and asking for repent and asking for things that I needed to do to basically try and ensure that internally I was healed. You know, you have to consider every single day that there is something that is much bigger than you are. Even if you're here, like I said earlier, you're put on you're put on God's green earth for a purpose. But what is that purpose serving? You know? And how do you find that happiness to ensure that you stay on that journey and on that path that will allow for you to fulfill what you're trying to fulfill in that purposeful aspect of life. And so for me, Cut to the Chase has been one of those things that has been illuminating lives. It has been nourishing lives. It has been a revelation. It's been therapy. It's been all of these things that have kind of gotten me outside of my comfort zone. Because for me in the past, I used to be very much engineering mindset, one-sided, and closed off to kind of the social media aspect getting to know people on a more intimate level if you don't let people in and if you don't ask then you won't ever succeed in life because you're only holding yourself back so last point in case is get out of your own headspace and allow for yourself to be an open book allow for yourself to flourish in a way that provides Hospitable engagement with people, and it doesn't have to be based on the fact of what you get out of somebody, it just has to be based on the fact of you feeling enlightenment and enrichment from the conversation. So, there you go. Top, the wow, way.
1: powerful, love it.
0: <laughs> so,
1: where can our listeners find you, Gregory? Um, is it at cut to the chase on Instagram?
0: Wow. <laughs> where can they find me? I should say, where can they not find me? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, if if you were to do a search on, on Gregory Proctor, I'm sure you'd probably come up with a lot of different aspects. Uh, but certainly people can find me, and I'll be brief on this. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at, uh, I think uh, I had to change my handle to GP. Uh, so certainly you can find me on LinkedIn utilizing uh, GP. Uh, as far as Cut to the Chase is concerned, uh, certainly uh, at Cut to the Chase podcast on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, so forth and so on. Uh, you can find us there. If you're in, interested in finding me on my management consultancy firm, uh, that is uh, Sketcher S-C-H-X-E-R. No other name is spelt like that in, in the world. So uh, if you go to wwws uh, certainly you will find the management consultancy firm. And of course, for all those folks that are very excited, all of the fans, all of the exhilarating people that are going, I'm ready to get back to the game, ready to get back to the concert, ready to do something that is revolutionary and you want to find me on TrueSpot. Well, it's uh, com. Certainly you can visit us out there and you know, hit us up on the blog or like or subscribe or whatever and kind of pay attention to all the great things that we've got going on. So I know that was a mouthful, but uh, it'll I'm be. Hard... Don't
1: worry. Don't worry. It'll be linked <laughs> below on the podcast. So people can click on the link to reach out however, whenever yeah. they can.
0: I'm not a hard guy to find. I used to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as long as you get, as, as long as you get us that popcorn. We're, we're gonna be, we're gonna be there. We're gonna show up. And thank you so much, Gregory, for being here today, being Absolutely. vulnerable with us, and transparent. And this is why we do the things that we do, because we want to reach as many people and, and show people that we are human beings, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own story. So thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much,
1: Gregory. We appreciate you.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the
1: next episode.